And this is Encounter with God here on Faith FM, where we get into our 20 million movement Bible study. 20 million people around the world all studying the same passages of the Bible at the same time. But before we get into our Bible study for the day, Mon has another clue for the quiz, which nobody has snapped up yet. Because Mon made it really hard. And it's a public holiday and you're all too relaxed. Yeah, yeah. Or it's just asleep. <laughs> One of the two. All right, this is a Who Am I quiz. We've already given you the first two clues. Here is the third. I had those who falsely accused David along with their wives and children thrown into a lion's den. We all know the story read that of David. Read that clue for me again carefully. I had those who falsely accused Daniel along with their wives and children, thrown into a lion's den. Thank you. Why? First time around, it sounded wrong. Oh, Second okay. time around, I knew that if you read it carefully, it would come out sounding right. Just in case I, was the, I wasn't the only one who thought it sounded wrong. Well, we all know the story now of, it's been very, we all know now the story it's very of Daniel the lion's den. We do. So now this is the, the missing piece of that story. That's right. Yeah. And yeah, just, just a, little extra, to find. a little extra clue, Daniel the lion's den, this guy's name sort of fits in with the alliteration of that story. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. Just if anything else out there is a bit of a You'll word have to geek like I am. explain to me how that happens later, but anyway, that's okay. What have we got coming up for our Bible study today, Mon? Uh, we have a... Something about yeah, family, isn't it? It's family or marriage or something I don't know we're about. We're talking about parenting. global families. Oh, global families. So culture. What we're going to talk about today is culture. This is going to be very interesting. I do love all the different cultures we have in our world. Don't you love the variety yes. that we have? Yes. Actually, I hate globalism. I'm, I'm all for uh, keeping things different. makes it much more exciting when you travel. What about multiculturalism? Sure. Just not everywhere. Because that way you can, you know, you can go shopping and you can buy clothes from this country and food from that country. And yeah, but then you have the question talk of to authentic- people from another country. Authenticity, yeah. like, then comes into question. Yeah, it's like, all made in China, but yeah, yeah, it's like, don't worry is about it that. really the authentic experience? You know, if you like downtown Sydney. Yeah, but if China gets the real patterns and the real food, and I think there might be the right some thing? just one or two cultures that you can get it like it is over there, but the rest of them, I think, it's sort of like a. We can buy lots Posture. of Chinese culture here in Australia. Yeah, because everything's made in China. <laughs> I don't. I don't. No. I don't mind. It I'm not much. giving the Chinese a hard time. I just don't want to go everywhere and find it's all the same. Yeah, that everywhere's multicultural. We now just become one global culture. I think that's. Yeah, I don't think we've reached that yet. You know, you and I have done some travel this year. Yeah, I don't know. Like airports are becoming scarily the same. There's always the same shops. There's always the same stuff for sale in those same shops. Like it's it's, a, it's actually a little bit irritating. Yeah, I well, um, for me, like to get airports, off the plane. When I went to, went, okay, so so uh, take for instance our last trip when I went to um, Aksum Airport. Mm-hmm. Nothing the same there at all. Yeah, nothing whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Nothing that even closely related to anything I'd ever seen in any other airport anywhere else in the world. Yeah, it was pure one hundred percent Ethiopia, and that was cool. Yeah, yeah, that was very cool. Another airport that uh, stands out in my mind. Um, was in Iran. Mm-hmm. So not Tehran, but I think it was Shiraz. Yeah, but look how you're which like... Which was very, very... You're fishing. Iran. You're really fishing for a different airport. Like all the airports I can think of yet, they all have a relay store. They all sell the same books and magazines. They all sell the same perfume. They all sell the same snack food. 
Like it, it, it annoys me that I've spent so much money to go somewhere and I get off the plane and the first thing I see is, is exactly what I just left. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, ah. but then once you get off the plane, once you yeah. get out and about, it becomes different. Well, sometimes, sometimes it's still that global sprawl is still happening. Even even America is a little bit different from Australia. And yeah, I mean, yeah, close. sure, Sh- sure. But but different cultures are cool. Yeah, you and, do and have to sometimes hunt awesome. for the different. Yeah. I just I just don't want it to continue. Or get bigger or get worse or okay. however you look yeah. at it. Yeah. Right. Right. Anyway, cool. are we way off track right now? We're kind of way off yeah, track. Yeah, yeah, but, so. uh, but let's talk about global family. I think you don't have to be the same culture in order to be in the same global family. All right, so we have a global family. We're part of a global family because we're part of the 20 million movement who are all studying this passage of the Bible together at the same time. Do you think there are some cultures out there who will be taking a slightly different view of globalization to than what you and I are taking? Oh, yes. I'm sure there's many... Like I'm sure there's many cultures who are only wishing and hoping to have their countries to be um, more similar to first world countries. Yeah, Western countries. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, and and, and we saw a lot of that while we were in Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of attempts where to, they, yeah. you know, um, desperately wanted to be Western. Yeah. And some things are great about Western society, and some things are pretty terrible about Western society. There's there's some aspects of Western society you don't want. For instance, when my father was living in Zambia. You know, and black magic was quite a um, quite a common thing, um, and spiritualism, and Satanism, and all these kind of things. And some of his employees asked him, "You know, do you have this in Australia?" He's like, "Oh, we we certainly have this in Australia. It's just very, very different." Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, it, it manifests itself in a very different way. Mm-hmm. But you know, if I think back to when I was pastoring in Sydney, and we had a church down there of say about fifty five attendees, a church plant. And out of those 55 attendees, I think we had, what, what, 23 different spoken languages, something like that, 23 different nationalities. Um, I think it was pretty awesome, you know, when we get together and, and, and share stories and you learn things and you'd be like, yeah, you know what, I need to travel there and see that country. And then when you have like a lunch and everyone brings a plate from the country. I know, country, it's just oh, like oh, oh, the best international yes. fellowship lunches ever. Mm-hmm. And then I moved up here to... Uh, you know, to the Hunter region, everybody was white. I go to church and everybody's white. Yeah. You know, we've got a few a, a few Asians and a few Africans in our church and may God bless them, we need them because if it wasn't for them, I would have been feeling really, really uncomfortable. It's like, where are all of the different, you know, after yeah. 21 years in Sydney, you just sort of get uh-huh. not used to seeing so many white people around the place. Sydney is a fabulous melting pot. It is. It is indeed. Okay, so we're going to talk about uh, how we should relate to different cultures this morning. And some lessons that we can learn. Let's go to Acts chapter 10, and we find here the story of Cornelius. And this is really the first time in the Bible that the gospel goes outside of uh, Judaism in a major way for the first time, and it goes to an Italian man by the name of Cornelius. Such a cool um, name. He's a Roman centurion. Do you know what it means? Uh, no. It's a cool name, though. It is. You going to name your kid Cornelius one day? Uh, maybe a dog. A dog? Yeah. Call him Corny. <laughs> Actually, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no. no. <laughs> okay, so there was this man, and he is praying for light, for knowledge, for truth, for understanding. He's been impressed by the God of Israel. He's been impressed by Yahweh. And as a result of that, he is praying to Yahweh, and God decides to do something unique for this particular individual that uh, he's done for very few people in the world. And he sends an angel to see him and says, "Okay, go and get uh, Peter, and Peter will tell you what you need to what you need to know." And so Peter has a vision, 
I'm summarizing a whole chapter here. He has a vision. We spoke about it, I think it was last week. No, we didn't speak about it last no, week. No, we didn't speak about that. The, well, I preached a sermon about it. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's the, why it's in my head. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, we didn't, the, you mean the one with the sheets, right? That's right. Yeah, so, no. you know, Peter is uh, he's your typical Jew. And for a Jew, you don't come into contact with Gentiles. They were a very exclusive race. And for them, salvation belonged to them. God belonged to them. It didn't belong to anybody else. And it's almost bizarre that the one religion that is less exclusive than any other religion on the planet originated from a group of people who were the most exclusive people on the planet. That is weird, yeah. Yeah. How did they get that all muddled up? I don't know, but they decided they were God's chosen people and they had a covenant with God and nobody else had that covenant with God and so therefore they were better than everybody else. Didn't want to share it. And right now we are God's chosen people and we have a covenant with God and that makes us no better than anybody else. That's right. It actually it, gives us a, a, a very important job to do. Absolutely. To it's, a, it, it, it's a higher level of responsibility. Mm. And so um, in this story you've got... Uh, Peter and Peter is uh, he's in another town. He's he's taking a midday nap, kind of a nice thing to do. He had a bit of time off, so he went up onto the roof, and the sun was warm, and he lay down. I wonder how many people out there are doing that right now. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah, it is midday somewhere in the world right now. Well, yes, mm-hmm. there'll be public holidays. There'll be a lot of people who are doing that in their beds right now. Yeah, they're scheduled in a nap, no doubt. Uh huh. But, uh, yes, come lunchtime today, you're allowed to take a midday nap. You have permission from the Faith FM team. We said if it's public holiday where you are, you can have that. And by the way, if it's not a public holiday, it is probably because you're listening to the delayed broadcast. Yeah. The public holiday was yesterday. Yeah. Or you're in a state where they don't have the Queen's birthday um, in June. But maybe there's some states where they actually have it on the Queen's birthday. Maybe. Yeah. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Also, if you're taking a nap and you get a vision, give us a call. <laughs> Very interested in what happened in the vision. Anyway, so Peter has this vision and a sheet is let down and it is held up on the four corners by ropes and is full of every unclean animal that you can think of. So this is like animals that haven't had a bath recently? No, this is animals that God says you should never eat. Oh, okay. And in the vision, Peter hears a voice, says, you know, get up, Peter, kill some of these and eat them. And Peter's like, no, I've never eaten anything unclean because he was a Christian. Yeah. And he had been a Christian for the last, I don't know, 10 years or so, however long it had been. Three and a half years. And, uh, and of course, Christians don't eat unclean food. He's like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm a Christian. I don't, I don't eat unclean food. And uh, three times. The sheep comes down, and three times the message is given, what God has made clean, don't call unclean. And then the messenger from Cornelius is there, and the messengers arrive outside the home, and they invite him to come to Cornelius' house, and he goes to Cornelius' house, and he explains the meaning of the dream. Some people think the dream is all about food. It's got nothing to do with food according to what God says. This is what God tells us the meaning of the dream is. Uh, Mon, would you like to read for us uh, Acts chapter 10 and verse 28? Peter told them, You know it is against our laws for a Jewish man to enter a gentle home like this or to associate with you. But God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. 
So I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. Now tell me why you sent for me. Okay, so notice Jewish law, you can't uh, associate with the Gentile. But God has told him, no, 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 no. And this was actually a hard thing for the... Uh, for the Christian church at this time to deal with because they were so steeped into their Judaism and Christianity was seen as a form of Judaism. It was ingrained in them. It was. It was a part of their culture. It was really, really difficult. And you've got chapter after chapter after chapter after chapter of the Bible dealing with this issue. And like half of the book of Acts and half of the book of Romans is all about, you know, the issue of circumcision and uncircumcision and Gentiles and Jews and how they should relate to each other and so forth. Is this racism? It is racism, yes. Okay. It was never sanctioned by God. It was never a part of God's plan. But it is a form of racism, yes. Wasn't God's plan that the Jews be like... His messengers. Yeah, they're supposed to, to be missionaries to the whole the world. Gentiles. That's right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. They're supposed to do mix with the Gentiles more than any other nation on earth. Mm-hmm. That okay. was their calling. Um, however, if we continue on down to verse 34, if you could read that one for us, please. 34 says, Then Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. This is the message of good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after John began preaching his message of baptism. And now you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Okay, so let's stop and think about this for a moment. Um, the Bible says that God shows no, shows no favoritisms to any race of people. He doesn't see any races any different from any other. So he's not racist. That's right. So when we go and we share Christianity and we act as missionaries, should that mean that we then turn all of the people that we are sharing in sharing the Christianity with, should they all become a part of our culture? No. Why not? Well, first Isn't of all, our culture Christian culture? I mean, we have a Western culture and Australian culture, you and I. Mm-hmm. How, like, and first of all, how do you think you're going to in any way share? Like, you know, we just got back from Africa where we shared with Jesus. Mm-hmm. How are you going to share Australia with them? Okay, this is a very important point, but throughout history, missionaries have pretty much attempted, nearly always yeah. attempted to convert people not just to Christianity, but to their culture. Which has made disastrous results, mind you. Absolutely disastrous results. And this is, this is, one, of the, this is one of the tragedies of, of missionary endeavor, is when we actually blend our culture with our Christianity. Do you think this is a result of thinking that your culture is somehow superior to other cultures and therefore attempting to... Probably, but the interesting thing is that if you you go around the world and you're going to find very, very similar cultures in churches, um, whereas the actual general culture is much more different. Okay. And this is because of missionary endeavor and missionary efforts, you know, and, you know, often missionaries have... Uh, um, Do you think they've you know, misunderstood what the commission was, the Great Commission? I think so. Okay. I think so. I really do. So my question then is, because missionaries have done a really terrible job of this at times, should we not have? Should we not have missionaries? Oh no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go so far to say that. 
Interesting uh, post that I saw from a friend of mine, um, Tapiwa Mutsuriwa. Um, let me just see if I can find this real quick. Ooh, where did it go? sound kind of delicious, to be honest. Well, he's, um, he's African. Okay, okay. From uh, Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. And uh, he made this post here and he's actually um, reposting something from somebody whose name I won't even try and pronounce, Ndini Ndendaro Ndimi Ndishanjalo Ngesi. We get the picture, it's all right. Yeah, well done. Who said this, Never take seriously an African who, using perfectly any one of the European languages, speaks down missionary activities in Africa and yet he was educated at a mission school and was born in a mission hospital. Wow. That's quite powerful. That is, yeah. And so my African friend posted this on Facebook and copped a fair chunk of flack from yeah. other Africans uh, mm-hmm. for posting it. Uh, but I think it makes a very valid point. Mm-hmm. Is that, you know, people will, you know, from various cultures will complain and to a certain extent, rightfully so. Because we did more than just bring to them Christianity, we brought to them brought to them our culture, and in some ways we destroyed their culture in doing so. Mm-hmm. And that was a mistake. But at the same time, we also brought medication. We also brought education. We also brought many things that have enabled these countries to grow with the rest of the world. Do you think that in this story with Peter and Cornelius, like back then, are the Jews withholding not just the gospel from the Gentiles, but also the, the I guess, the superior aspects of Jewish culture that they would have been enjoying? Like the equivalent to the medication and the education and the hospitals? Oh, absolutely. No question. Absolutely. Um, the Jewish people, they, they would not share a thing with anybody else. Not even um, food. That's right, particularly not food because it would be touched by a Gentile and then you couldn't eat it because it was um, defiled food. And so, yeah, this was a very, very exclusive culture that had that had developed. I remember reading some years ago a story of a missionary, uh, a self-appointed missionary. He went to various missionary societies and they're like, oh, yeah, no, nah, no, nah, no, nah, you're, not, you're not the right person for to be a missionary. But he wanted to be a missionary. And uh, he went to the um, the jungles of the Amazon to reach an unreached tribe who did not want to be reached and were very violent. And, uh, you know, he was attacked and um, almost killed and ended up being dumped in one of these villages so that they could all sit around and watch him die. And he survived. And because of his survival, they kind of got used to him just sort of being there alive in the middle of the village. And uh, he, he was able to uh, to then, you know, build over time a connection with these people. But he took a very, very different approach, and I really, really appreciate the approach that he took because he looked at how other missionaries were working and why it was that they were creating so much animosity with, you know, with the local tribes whenever they came into an area. And one of the first things he noticed was that you know, missionaries would go in and bring medicine. And that was great. You know, you go from an 80% child mortality rate down to about an 8% child mortality rate. That's, a, that's just fantastic. But what it did was it created tremendous unemployment because suddenly all of your witch doctors were out of business. 
So the missionaries would come in with their superior medicine. They'd put all the witch doctors out of business, and suddenly the witch doctors would be just full of hatred and, you know, casting spells and, you know, creating dissent and stirring things up. And so what he did was he went in and he got together with the witch doctors and said, hey, I can make you wealthy. Mm, Okay. Treat your patients with this. And, of course, they didn't want to know about it. But I'm going to come back and tell more about this story in just a moment. Fascinating story of what he was able to accomplish. Uh, This is BJ Thomas with Happy Man. When I die, there won't be much to salvage from my earnings. Never had a lot of land or houses to my name. I've never been a corporate prince on Madison in New York. I've never held a diamond in my head. But I've seen children laughing as only children can and I've known my creator and I've been a happy man I've never really loved the way I saw it in the movies but I had myself a woman of my own The place we lived was modest And we kept the yard together I never traveled far from my hometown But I heard music playing That made me understand the hearts of heaven And I've been a happy man Life has had its hard times When I felt the chill of winter I can't forget the night When my sweet June slipped away but growing old was different than I always thought it would be. The sweetness of my youth just grew with age. Cause I've no help in beauty beneath this guiding hand. And knowing soon I'll see him as many. Has made me a happy man. That was BJ Thomas with Happy Man here on Faith FM. Before we get back into the story that I was sharing a moment ago, uh, Mon, if you could share with us the next clue for our quiz. 
Uh, yes, I heard my quiz. The prize, of course, oh, it's just making me so hungry. The McDougal's All You Can Eat Vegetarian Cookbook uh, by John and Mary McDougal. I uh, just want to step that one up. The number, of course, is 1-800-FAITH-FM. If you can tell me who, although I had Daniel thrown into a lion's den, I regretted having to do it and I hoped his God would deliver him. Mm. Mm. Who might bet this be? 1-800-324-843 is the number. We were sharing a story about an individual who was a missionary to the Motilone Indians in uh, South America. And we were talking about how he decided to actually recruit the witch, the, doctors. Uh, the witch doctors yeah. to support his cause. And so basically what he did was uh, he waited for an opportunity. Well, he tried and tried and tried and they wouldn't have it because they liked their traditional medicines. And so there was an outbreak of, I think it was conjunctivitis or pink eye or something or other that went through the tribe, which was extremely contagious and uh, easily treatable. And so he got hold of all of the medicine that was required and needed for, uh, you know, to treat it and tried to convince the witch doctors to, uh, to use it and they refused to use it and their treatments were completely ineffective on the outbreak. And so, in frustration, he walked up to a kid who had uh, conjunctivitis, wiped a big slob of it out of his eye, and rubbed it in his own eye. And so then, you know, of course, he comes down with the infection the next day and goes to the doctor and like, I need treatment. And the doctor's like, yes, we'll do it. This is the witch doctor. And he's like, no, I want you to treat, treat me with my medicine. And so he got the witch doctor to treat him with his Western medicine, and it healed him. And suddenly... That particular witch doctor was like, yeah, okay, I'm onto something here. Mm-hmm. And he started to treat people and he became famous and then he became a teacher of all of the other witch doctors on how to use this particular medicine. And it created a massive breakthrough where um, they became all of the nurses and doctors for the entire tribe and became wealthy in the process. Um, and it opened a door for Christianity in a way that, that, that doors had never been opened in a mission field ever before. So instead of it marching in there with an air of superiority. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he was willing to obviously get his hands dirty and do something that was, you know, I don't know, Mon, how would you go doing that? Oh. <laughs> you would yeah, struggle. I, was, I would struggle. Yeah. I would really struggle with that. But it was just a remarkable story. The other thing that he did was he looked at their uh, their culture and he asked himself, okay, what is it that is part of their culture and what is it that is a part of their religion? And what is the separation between the two? And so those things that were part of false religion, like worship of the spirits, as he led them to Christ, he led them to get rid of the worship of the spirits. And there were some very, very uh, damaging and degrading practices that were associated with that. There were other aspects of their culture that is like, you know what, this has got nothing to do with their worship. Yeah. Why should we fight against it? Yeah. And so, for instance, their burial practice, you know, missionaries would go into these kind of places and say, oh, you have to bury your dead in a wooden coffin in the ground because they won't be able to be raised in the resurrection or whatever other weird idea they Mm -hmm. came up with. And for a lot of these cultures, that was like the worst possible thing imaginable. You know, to, to, to bury a dead in the ground, for a dead person to, uh, to be left on the ground or, you know, to be touching the ground was just, it was just horrific. It was terrible. It was unimaginable and it would take, you know, it was a massive barrier. And so these were people who buried their dead on a platform on the top of a tree. And it would be, uh, um, you know, eaten by the, the birds and, you know, basically recycling. Yeah, yeah. To be uh, honest, quite a much better way to do it, really. Yeah. 
Cheap. And he's like, you know what? This actually has nothing to do with the religion. It's their culture. Why change it? Yeah. And so he'd do a Christian burial service and they would bury them on a platform on top of a tree and the birds would come and eat the body and recycle all of that material. And, uh, you know, I mean, hey, birds or worms, really, what's the difference? Yeah, yeah. It's going to be one or the other, isn't it? it? But it's definitely a better approach to missionary work than just, yeah, like I said, just swanning in there and demanding everything be done the way it is back home for you to actually divvy up each practice and be like, does this come back to Christianity or is this just a difference of culture? Yeah. And, you know, he he then educated them about Western society. And he said, when you go into West, because Western society, of course, was enroaching on their land. It was only a matter of time before it arrived. But he was like, when you go, when you come in contact with Western society, these are going to be the expectations. And so he trained them how to live in Western society so that when they went out into Western society, they could be incredibly successful. And when they came back, they could be incredibly comfortable. Well, that's interesting. So he still taught them, but just taught them what to expect in a different. Yeah. So when that when 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 they had representatives that went to the United Nations, they turned up in suits and ties, uh, dressed and cleaned and washed. Mm-hmm. And then when they went back home, they put back on their thong and lived in the bush. Yeah, they had always lived in the bush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he he explained to them this is the expectation over there, and this is the expectation over here. And if you're in that society, you will be looked down upon if you smell bad, for instance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, you know, nobody has body odor because nobody's invented the concept of body odor. And so he, um, you know. He taught them hygiene, don't get me wrong. He taught them hygiene, but, you know, they don't have um, aftershave and deodorant and all those kind of things, you know, in, in these more remote locations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, he, but he taught them how to practice in both different cultures so they could actually, you know, because missionaries get training in cross-cultural ministry. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Uh, well, these days they do, not in the past. When they should have really needed Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but he gave them cross-cultural training. I, I mean, I, I do think it's really important. I mean, just I hate thinking about all those people who like, you know, the, the mission fields out in really uh, hot, sweaty areas who were then taught to have to wear multiple layers of clothes. because And it created a tremendous even. problem with skin disease. Look at the South yeah. Pacific. It's just full of skin disease mm-hmm. because, you know, the missionaries have gone in there and been dressed, you know, in layers and layers and layers because they thought that, that was, you know, Somehow, so that's what they did back home, and that's what you should do everywhere. You could wear your yeah. thermal underwear in the middle of the tropics. Yeah, it's crazy. And uh, and, and I've seen that over and over and over again. And you, you you're preaching in the blazing sun in you know 300 percent humidity, and you have to wear a suit coat because that's what the missionaries did. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so that's what becomes the 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 expectation. Yeah. So it's a it's a, we have made terrible mistakes in the past with how we have approached the issue of culture. We need to learn from those mistakes and we need to embrace the wonderful cultures that there are in our world because God created all of the different nationalities and he created it because God loves variety. Mm. I know I'm having a lot to say here this morning and having a bit of a rant, but God loves variety and we need to embrace variety rather than try and change everybody to be just like us. You know, often I think as missionaries we've had this view that, you know, unless they are Western, unless they are like us. Well, guess what? Christianity is not a Western religion. Christianity now has a Western culture, but it didn't used to. Christianity is a Middle Eastern religion. 
And uh, because, of course, Christianity took off in the West, then it became dominated by the West. But it would be interesting to see what our world would look like if the history of our world does continue for another 500 years, where now uh, the developing countries are dominating Christianity. You know, South America and Africa are dominating Christianity around the world, and they could take over the culture, the predominant culture of Christianity, and Western Christianity could largely disappear. It's very true, and it's interesting to see how the the, the how the not as so much the teams, but how it's changed. The, yeah. the shoes on the other foot now, yeah. How it evolves and changes, and of course, we in the West uh, don't deal so well with um, the fact that Christianity is now. A, we're not uh, the leaders anymore. Yeah, we're not the leaders yeah. anymore. We're not the ones who are in control anymore. Anyway, so much more inf- interesting stuff to talk about on this subject, but this is Anders Svensson with The Other Side.
looking for free, wholesome fun for the kids these school holidays? Maitland Church is having its winter break frog fun day again for six to nine-year-olds. What do you mean frog, Lyle? Is this a fun day for amphibians? No. Frog stands for fully relying on God. And this holiday's theme is dare to be different. Activities include songs, Bible stories, crafts and snacks. This is a one-day-only special event on Wednesday, the 10th of July, starting at 9am. To register your kids, call 0411 The address is 72 Brunswick Street, East Maitland. Kids, you are welcome to bring all your friends, but book now as spaces are limited. That number again, 04. 04- one one triple two seven six zero. Have you ever been challenged by evolution? Ever struggled to give a reasoned answer for your faith? Or ever felt overwhelmed by the predominance of belief? In evolution, then you need to be at the 2019 Faith and Science Conference. 13 top level scientists and professors from around the world will be presenting on the most astounding discoveries, completely refuting the theory of evolution. July 16 to 19, Avondale College, Kurumbong, New South Wales. For details, call us now on 1800 324 843. Listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
Back everybody, that was Melissa Otto with Don't Give Up, The Journey Home here on Faith FM. We have come to part two of a question that we didn't really finish on Friday, so we're going to get back to it today. And of course, if it's not Monday, that means you're listening to the delayed broadcast, and so you need to jump over to faithfm.com.au and press play so that you can listen to us live. Do it on your phone, run it through your car stereo. But first, let me give you the final clue for this quiz, Lyle. Yes. So who am I? My name begins with the letter D, hmm, which is interesting because coming up this weekend, Lyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, oh, yes, yes. Maybe indeed. I'll come as this person. You could actually. A couple of lines and throw people into be fed by them. <laughs> um, It's not such a bad idea. Maybe I, maybe <laughs> I will. Don't say the name. Um, so, yeah, this coming weekend. Sounds like Cyrus. At not really, but this coming weekend at Maitland Church, Maitland, yeah, Adventures it does. Church, Maitland Adventures Church is having a social and people are invited. So, listener, yes. if you'd like to come, you can. It's on at 5.30 p.m. at the Maitland Seventh-day Adventures Church, which is 72 Brunswick Street. Uh, it is both a costume party and a trivia night rolled into one big extravaganza. And the costume party theme is something beginning with the letter D. So mm. you could actually go as this king. Sounds like this Cyrus. Lion, this guy with lions for pets. It doesn't sound like Cyrus. Mm-hmm. Just because it ends with an S. Mm-hmm. Sounds like Cyrus. It doesn't sound like Cyrus. Uh, it does. It has too many, too many extra, what do you call those things? Yeah. Sounds like Cyrus. It doesn't sound like Cyrus. Don't listen to Lyle. But come along listen, to listen the to come along to the trivia and costume night. So I'm actually the quiz master. I'm the trivia master. And uh, I know what I'm wearing. Do you know what you're wearing yet? Yeah, I got a pretty good idea. Yeah, that's cool. It's cool. I think I might come as a digger. Oh, cool! Yeah, I might come as a digger. I'm going as a daisy. Mm, that's yeah. kind of sweet. I know. No, <laughs> okay, we got to. We, oh, yeah, we, we, we are way over. We, we're we're okay. distracted. Okay, <laughs> okay let's, so let's get on to our. Okay, so uh, part two of this question. So the question last week was uh, involving the old and new government, and we only got part way through. So Lyle, please, can you? Continue explaining the new covenant. Okay, so just a a quick recap. The old covenant, uh, we find that a lot of people confuse the old covenant with the Ten Commandments uh, as if they are the same thing. We found that the Bible says that the new covenant is built on uh, better promises. It doesn't have any faults in it and that it is not temporary like the old one was. So when we know that the old one had poor promises, it had faults, and it was temporary. There is nothing in the Bible to say that the Ten Commandments had any poor promises. In fact, you know, uh, the Fifth Commandment, honor your father and mother that you may live long on the earth, nothing wrong with that promise. Um, we find that the Bible says the Old Covenant was, sorry, not the Old Covenant, the Ten Commandments was holy, just, and good. There's no fault in the Ten Commandments. And Paul says, do we then do away with the law of God, uh, the Ten Commandments by faith? God forbid we establish the law of God. And so we find that the Ten Commandments are not temporary. Then we found where the Old Covenant was. And the Old Covenant was where God says, I will make you a kingdom of priests. And the people said, everything that God has said, we will do. So it was a covenant that was based on promises made by God and the People And that's where the fault was, because within a few weeks, they were dancing around a golden calf. 
Okay, so we know where the Old Covenant was. It's in Exodus 19, not in Exodus chapter 20. Now, I want you to notice that the New Covenant relates directly to God's law, the Ten Commandments. In verse 10, it says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. Does the new covenant do away with the law of God? Absolutely not. It simply changes. It's, or it, it writes it in the heart and in the mind, in the mind so that we know what it says, and in the heart so that we want to do it. They will not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me. The new covenant is based on a relationship with Jesus Christ. It is based on knowing Jesus. And when you know Jesus, when you have a relationship with Jesus, you want to do what he says. You want to keep his commandments because you read his commandments and they all, every single one of them, are a good thing to do. Uh, Nothing legalistic about that in any way, shape or form. This is a love response to God because of our salvation. If you have a question, give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM is that number. We can't stress this enough. There's no stupid questions, no bad questions. Just give us a call. Ask us your questions. We'd love to answer them for you.
You're listening to Lauren Daigle, How Can It Be? Here on Faith FM, we have come to the end of our show. It is time to give something away, and we have prophets and kings. Yeah, I did pick this one out because it actually tells the story of the Daniel the Lion's Den. So (laughs) uh, if you want to read more about that and the despotic king who stuck him there. um, Uh, We haven't had an answer for this one yet. We've been had a bunch of phone calls come through. Yeah, we had a couple of attempts, but no one's been correct. I did say it was going to be hard. I wasn't going to be nice about it. It's a public holiday, and we have to work, and they get to sit at home guessing quizzes and winning stuff, so, you know... <laughs> Give us a call if you'd like a copy of Prophets and Kings, uh, The Trials and Triumphs of God's People. This is a book about the history, um, the portion of history where the Israelite children uh, were being led by kings and prophets. And it's a super fascinating book, one of the most fascinating reads I've ever read. And a fascinating period of Israel's history. Yes. You know, because you've got Israel being led by Abraham, you've got Israel led by Moses, you've got Israel led by judges, you've got Israel led by kings, and then, of course, they go into uh, successive Babylonian, uh, Persian, Greek, and Roman rule. Yeah, so it begins with the reign of King Solomon. Yeah, so this is the, the, these are the kings of Israel yes. and, uh, and, and Judah. So, yeah, it's a, it's a really fascinating, fascinating just the most amazing period of Jewish history. Give us a call. First person through will get a copy of this book. 1-800-FAITH-FM is our number. It's 1-800-324-843. First person gets a free copy. Send to them Prophets and Kings. Also, if you'd like to study the Bible, Lyle has written an incredible Bible study series called The Prophetic Code. Uh, you can do that in the paper format. You can do it online. You can do it with people or by yourself. Just give us a call on that same number and we can hook you up. 1-800-FAITH-FM is the number. Of course, you have a blessed public holiday. We'll see you tomorrow. And mm-hmm.